One, two, three, four. In this podcast, you will be here. Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader. Includes, but is not led to. Talk of Star Wars, not Reagan's. We can't truly prepare for the jump that follows this song. But hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of a big thank you to an inspiriority complex providing our theme song it is august 24th 2023 my name is Zach Weber, and joining me today is the Porteous with the Mortius with the best shock tea maquette, maybe? Statue? Uh, that's, a, that's, that's a premium format from Sideshow from the before time, but um, yeah. I'm, before I'm the dark be times, here. before the empire. Exactly, and uh, never again will you ever see such a wild, hilarious thing, but uh, yeah, happy to be here the, to discuss a reasonable Star Wars. A uh, reasonable Star War indeed. And we have Grand Admiral Zenger with a Star Killer toy mostly in focus and maybe his forehead as well. It takes up most the screen, not the toy, my forehead. <laughs> and we have, for I have become the destroyer of retail, Joyazo. Hello. And we have from the um, I'm combining both of you. I'm sorry. The Unbelievers podcast. We have Russ and Rob. We have two for the price of one for Ahsoka. My yes. Thank you. Thank you, Zach. It's good to be back. What is up, Joe? What is up? Uh, action figure that looks like Grace Jones from here. And I'll then now I'll spend the rest of my time talking to you, Shock T. Now, I like how you forced a couple of things. that wouldn't you put this out. You now you have to post that image, Chris. I know you do the Instagram. People are like, oh, what was this shock T? Yes, and hello. This is Rob Oki here. I know Russ is done talking. I <laughs> just wanted to say hello. <laughs> How are you guys doing? What's going on, everybody? Hey. It's Chris, you have to take a screenshot of like even like maybe just like of your like monitor screen. Like like you gotta like do this is perfect. Like it's framed so beautifully. Like we cannot overstate how wonderfully framed a webcam like video is like it's not by accident like there definitely some time and effort went into this P- please don't waste it for us and it's it's very well lit as well <laughs> you're, de- you're 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 just derailing the whole show and if i knew that it would cause this much of a disturbance i wouldn't have put it there but it's sucking the air out of the room i want you to know that there's six of us on the call and we're all distracted all at once actually yeah, so i feel like we're all watching a youtube show about star wars and we get to comment over it which i'm completely fine with but did, no it's just a compliment it. you're like uh it's like a very nerdy red bar situation i like it yeah <laughs> It definitely is the most extravagant Force uh, Unleashed collectible ever made. It's probably true. Yeah, that was a shock tea from her brief period as a dancer. Yeah, there's no Starkiller premium format. It's almost like they knew this would sell better. Anyways. <laughs> almost. Alrighty, but when we're not ogling uh, Chris's statue of Shakti from The Force Unleashed, <laughs> a sentence I never thought I'd have to say out loud, we are talking about the first two episodes of Ahsoka, the latest Disney Plus Star Wars series. And as Chris said, it is indeed a Star War. 
what quality of Star Wars we're going to discuss in the immediate future. Um, I don't know. Like, I definitely want to go last on this, but I just want to kind of go around the room and say, is there a general consensus to this? Is it Kenobi sci-fi channel level or is it the Rainforest Cafe steak? Gentlemen, we'll start, I don't know. Like, I want to start with Zenger. Zenger, where does this fall on the spectrum? So I, I first want to take a stab at all of your guesses to save everyone the trouble, if it, if that's okay. Chris, Chris's opinion on it is, well, I'm very excited for the three-fourths toy that's going to be coming out for this. Zach's opinion is, of course, that it's not the sequel. Tra- it's it's no um, oh, Force Awakens. That no, is sorry. heresy. I take I take Rise a front of that. Rise of Skywalker. There you go. You hit the um, money. Joe, Joe's opinion is well, well, it's definitely no Obi Wan Kenobi. I mean, nothing can top that. And uh, Russ and Rob are wondering why they're here. <laughs> what? Accurate? <laughs> no. Um, my opinion. What's going on? Like, I, I, there, there's mystery in Star Wars again. Like. Who are these people? Why do they have orange lightsabers? Who's that guy in the armor? What do you mean there's another galaxy? I'm excited and I'm ready for more. And very sad that it was only two episodes. Now I have to wait a week. Yeah, but you got to give them props for putting it out like a few hours early, making that, you know, doing that for once, taking mercy on the people to wake up the next day and go, do I have to watch this on my phone at work? It's like, no, a nice, reasonable time to catch a premiere. Uh, Props, I guess. So overall for me, uh, thumbs up. I will agree with the, at the moment, Rotten Tomato rating of 91%. That is certified fresh. Uh, To just throw out the parameter, uh, Meg to the Trench, 29%. So keeping it fresh. What was that one? The second one? The Meg. The the Meg 2. Oh. Zanger's favorite movie of all time. Got you. That you're comparing it to the Meg too. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I, I I need a point of reference. Okay. I forgot okay. how much you carry the torch for the Meg franchise, Zenger. I truly that it somehow escaped my memory. People compare Star Wars and the Meg franchise to each other all the time, so this makes perfect sense. There's always a bigger well, fish. Well, here's but. the thing. Here's <laughs> the thing. You gotta remember that these are based on a book series. Not only a book series, but a shared universe book series. So it could create its own MCU, Meg Cinematic Universe. So I'm just saying, I was burdened with knowledge on these existing. Now I must burden everyone else with that knowledge, annoyingly so, any chance I get. So it's like the Meg line you have. It's like the, in football, there's the Dalton line of quarterback, and then like in this, there's the Meg line for like quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You okay. got to know what to compare it to. Otherwise, What's what was what's ninety one percent mean? I mean, what what's that compared to right now? Like, what's going on else in the world that we can compare that to? It's a reasonable reasonable bar to set, for sure. All right, Russ, thoughts on Ahsoka? All right, so I I I'm, as someone who didn't follow Rebels, you know, it probably as strongly as I could towards the end. I definitely got sucked in the beginning. I knew there was like a little bit of Rebels lore. It's like I know these characters very 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 well, but. uh I, I felt like I was at points. I mean, dude, you knew it 
going in, but it really hit home uh, the feloniness of it when you watch the credits at the end. It's like thought about by Filoni, written by Filoni. Uh, maybe his name was every planet they went to in that Game of Thrones little credit scene at the end there, where they even had games of Game of Thrones kind of music. Uh, it feels like a live action cartoon, but I do it got better as it went along, but it moved pretty slow. But I am in. I'll keep it brief. Thoughts, Rob. I enjoyed it, honestly. I think it was probably my favorite Star Wars thing that that has happened since uh, Luke Skywalker came through the doors at the end of season two of The Mandalorian. Um, Feels like it's been kind of, it's been rough to be like a Star Wars viewer, Uh, at least in my opinion, from my experience since then, it's been a little bit tough because like my hopes get real high and the trailers always look really good for these things. And then a lot of times, like after the first couple episodes, you don't really feel it. And uh, this felt different in a lot of ways. I enjoyed it. And I think like if you do your homework and you watch Rebels and you watch the Clone Wars and you you kind of know what's going on, it helps a lot. Um, but you can also go into this blind and enjoy it, I think, in a lot of ways. It sets it up and uh, there's a lot of mysteries that can be intriguing even if you haven't watched Rebels. Uh, but I, I think it was pretty good. Um, certain little things like I can nitpick is like Rosario Dawson's acting sometimes doesn't really feel like the Ahsoka from the cartoons very much. She doesn't like I don't think she makes a single joke or like even is like um, slightly like snarky, which is sort of like Ahsoka's, you know, her like, I guess, how could you describe it? That's like her personality. She's a little bit more of like a kid. And like, I guess this is older Harden. She acts more like Anakin than she does Ahsoka, in my opinion, which maybe that's intentionally. But um, regardless, other than that, I loved it. I thought it was great, man. This, sh- this show has legs and I'm not just talking about Sabine Ren. Ayo. Whoa. Uh, I just want to point <laughs> out that the that, that, that the job of snark, of course, as always, goes to the lovable sidekick robot. That's true. Yeah, he's pretty snarky. He, I liked Hugh Yang, though. I thought he was a good addition. I like that. That was smart to give her a droid and to like, addition. we didn't have to get it. Wait, yeah, I was going to say he's a Rebels guy, right? Hasn't he, yeah, hasn't he's an addition to, to live action. I would say like oh, okay. we never Before saw Ahsoka link up with that character. It's, it's just like they all of a sudden now that's like her sidekick. And I like that we didn't have to learn how that happened. That just is like a thing. Um, and uh, I guess, yeah, if you if you didn't watch Rebels, then, yeah, he would be like a complete new addition too. I to think if you didn't watch Clone like. Wars, he'd be a whole new addition. Yeah, both of those things. Yeah, for sure. Joe, what did you think? I thought that for a Disney Plus show, the first two episodes out of the bat, it's, it was pretty good as far as the stuff that you saw. Um, you know, you look at the other stuff, you know, very slow going, very, you know, making the pizza this one here you're you're going up and be like i'll take a slice and cut it in half just warm it up for me um but with that being said rob does have a point like there was no there was no emotion from what she was doing rosario dawson you didn't find that there was anything you know i was half tempted to hear a grunt or something but it was just a stern stern look to the camera and that's it um, if they had a little bit more emotion in their performances, I think it would it would have been really good as far as the flow of the story was probably better than Kenobi. Extremely better than Book of Boba Fett. 
leaps and <laughs> bounds kind of above the Bad Batch. And I'd say it's it's better than Mandalorian. Whoa. Better than the season three wow. of the Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's the, the bar set low in that regard. All right, Chris, thoughts? Well... I you know like I give it I'll give it like a like a, a lukewarm like seven point five out of ten but like it's it's you know it's better like 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 all the other hot takes we've been hearing it's better than Book of Boba Fett and Kenobi but if it wasn't we'd really be having an identity crisis right now. Um, I think you know the design wise and and sort of in terms of the scope and the feel of it it doesn't have the aesthetic pitfalls that Kenobi did where it literally like looks like it was like made without like even fully 3d rendering some of the backgrounds like kenobi's some of the cgi in kenobi was really weird i don't get the that effect here like the corellian shipyards for example they f- they felt big and actually 3d and like properly detailed and you had some good wide dynamic camera movements where you actually saw that they actually properly built these large environments in 3d so you know it, it it felt like the scope was there it reminded me of like episode three coruscant like when the when they crash land the uh confederacy ship and all that just the scope of the environments they showed it was cool um my the biggest thing for me is like i don't i don't mind rosario dawson but i forget the actress's name who plays sabine but i've got to like i don't know we can get into it more but like i i think there's a real big disconnect there i don't believe that she she doesn't feel like she actually knows these characters like you know it's almost like it's almost like I would bet almost any amount of money that she didn't take the role seriously n- enough to actually watch four seasons of a cartoon. So she doesn't, she's not internalizing those relationships. I just, you know, may prove me wrong. I'd love to hear otherwise, but I don't believe that she really understands the interpersonal dynamics of those characters. And I'd feel like Filoni directing is not like whipping his actors into shape and emotionally traumatizing them enough to get those performances. We so, could take him over his know, house for a weekend and they could learn these characters. <laughs> He's probably, I, he watches. He's, I think, he watches Rebels on a loop. I'm sure. Yeah. I think she feels more like she feels more like that character than Ahsoka than Rosario feels like Ahsoka, though. In my in my opinion, okay. I think. But you know, she's already like what we saw her go through in Rebels, like coming to terms with creating a weapon that like kills her own people, for example. And then she's supposed to be about 30 years old by the time of this show, and she's like running away, like from like a like an event held in her honor, like a petulant teenager. It's like, really, you're just like putting on your like rock music while you like run from the police instead of getting a medal at city hall as at 30 years old. Like, could you just chill? Was that intentionally supposed to be similar to the beginning of Kenobi with Leia? Not sure. Remember they're like, where's Leia? And then she's like running through the forest or whatever. Like it was this, wasn't it the same thing that happened in, in Kenobi where they're like, maybe, it's not endearing, though. That's all I'm saying. It wasn't. It's it wasn't like, a good reflection. It was a weird. Yeah, it wasn't a good one. Well, maybe Sabine was running away from that ceremony because it would have brought closure to the fact that everyone's accepted that Ezra's gone, and she's not wanting to accept that Ezra's gone. Yeah, but she was just having fun and running from the cops, though. Not being at that ceremony is promoting to us, the audience, that she is not accepting that he's gone. 
yes singer and if a filmmaker had had directed it with that intention they would have cut to her just being at home watching ezra's hologram rather than joyously running from the police while you know, the if a filmmaker had done it you would have been like oh well i'll take a special combo number five uh can i get an extra wonton in exchange for the crab right actually i'll just take a full order of crab i don't know it seemed like it was more implied that like like she had she was gonna go to that thing like she was there and then she just was like you know what this and she bailed and then that was like i think it was just supposed to like be like a symbolic moment of her just like not giving about anything yeah it's and like fair fair enough but she doesn't seem like she's 30 years old is kind of my underlying point yeah 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 Listen, yeah. they, they gave Clancy Brown the opportunity to choose some scenery and he chewed it away. He, he jumped on that scenery and chewed at it. Yeah, I thought we'd have his devil makeup on. I was like, why? Why? Why aren't you? Why, you're the devil man. What are you doing here, Clancy? Don't get confused, yeah. Russ. Don't get too confused. <laughs> I didn't realize this until I watched the recap video that Clancy Brown was Ryder Azadi from Rebels. He was the former like governor of the planet pre-imperial occupation i'm just like pretty well done like yeah. you gotta give credit where credit is due for continuity you, you know feloni that's the one thing i don't think you can accuse the show of is that feloni cares more about this than anything this is like his baby he's gonna put everything in it he's gonna shove there's gonna be loth cats just low cats running around everywhere <laughs> just one loth cat i can't afford more than one my theory about why she isn't there is because she knew somehow in like Star Wars social media, she did not want to be pictured with that cartoon Rebels mural that they were debuting that has How dare it's you. Just, it's just a poster <laughs> of the cartoon. I've never seen anything yeah. like that. How in Star dare Wars. you? So, hey, you might as well play rock music after this because it's How like, dare all right, well, this is going to be different. The other thing, what the other thing is, like Ashley Eckstein's watching the show at home and she's like, Clancy Brown, really, Filoni? Like, what the hell? What do I got to do? <laughs> Yeah, they picked and choose who they brought back from the animated series. <laughs> oh, man. Poor Ashley Eckstein. She has to watch this all go down. I hope she does something. They got to give her some. And even would, is she going to have some kind of cameo or something for sure, right? Tales of the Jedi. She has Tales of the Jedi. That's still going to be her Ahsoka I mean, in the Ahsoka show. I I bet you she'll be in the same flashback as Anakin doing the voice, but, um, or, or hologram or whatever it is, but, um, the dark Jedi are awesome and they're Sick. nuanced. Well, are they dark Jedi? What are they? Yeah. What's going on with they're them? great. There's no great Jedis, man. You can't. Oh, all right. Sorry. No, he said they're great. Not gray. He said they're great. They mm. are. And they are great. <laughs> but yeah, they I, are. I don't think that they're, um, I, I'm so curious what their deal is too. It's very interesting. The, ba- the Balin character Super interesting. I love how he like invokes Vader, like just his size and the cloak and everything is like it it makes you think of Vader and the way that he his his style of of attack and everything. Um, and Shin is just like, I want to know more about this character. I, I'm, I've, I'm assuming that's his daughter and that he uh, has been raising her like a Jedi. That's what I'm assuming, at least. And I got to say, I, as cool as I thought he was, someone did ruin it today. I saw someone commenting. They thought he was Space Kenny Rogers. And now I don't, I don't think I'm, I'm not be able to see that for a little while. I was like, shit. He was well, selling chicken. Hey, Russ, I, I got good news for you. I'm going to ruin it more real quick. Did anyone catch their last name for either of them? Um, another name is Hottie, right? Yeah. yeah. And he's Balin Skull. Yeah. Skull. S K O L L. And they're they're, both, they're like wolves. wolves from like Viking. They are the, the wolves that right? chase the sun and the moon. Skoldy and Hottie. 
They are the Norse wolves that chase the sun and the moon, and once they catch them, Saloni. it is a sign that Ragnarok has arrived. So isn't it interesting that once again we have more wolf imagery? Cowboy Hat Man's living up to his name. Wolf Pack for life. Yeah, that's what he's doing. So I just see that trapper wolf. That, that, that we just have another wolf analogy in this one. Oh, oh, very, very good, Mister Filoni. Not for the wolves. But do you think there's a little too much importance being placed on Thrawn? Like, you got a Balin skull. Like, how much more awesome is Thrawn? Like, he's the best office manager around. So you don't even understand the power. Who says he's even wanting to do this, too? Like, if you're going from the Zahn, Timothy Zahn books, not the original, the newer ones, he's just kind of a just, he just works for the Empire because it's something to do. I don't see that version of Thrawn being like, oh, I'm going to lead the Empire. You kind of be like, yeah, I'm going to go back to my people and, you know. Well, here's here's my perspective on that. Someone else who's read the books. Well, this is fair, Zenger. Have you read all three Thrawn trilogies or just two-thirds of the Thrawn trilogies? I've read the good one and then banged my head against the other one. Exactly. I think what they're going to do with Thrawn is that Thrawn's going to be your your antagonist momentarily, and then years from now, he's going to be your antihero. He's going to be your Loki. They're going to make him – because what's going to happen is that they're going to bring him into all this as, oh, God – He's going to ru- like he's gonna destroy the universe. And then with this whole new universe thing, and before we were recording, we were talking about the Yuzen Vong and the the Gursk, which is kind of the new equivalent of them from the the second and third Thrawn trilogies. I think Thrawn will be positioned as your anti-hero, as your only person who can stop these, oh god, intergalactic invaders. They're gonna position him that way he's too popular of a character not to make him into a hero as a hero slash anti-villain. But he's he going to be your Loki of Star is Wars. in the books. But the thing is, we're basing this off of Dave Filoni's craziness where he's just some unhinged madman. That's smart. But the thing is that Filoni doesn't know how to write Thrawn. Cause like, again, we've talked about this countless times is that like, if you look at the Timothy Zahn novels, not the OG, but the, the Disney era ones juxtaposed to, rebels it's not the same character they're written completely differently and that's the problem that's it i thought he uh filoni said something about how he talked to zon before writing this and he um, does he but i think that's more just a puff piece but not the rebels where he made his appearances well the throne from rebels is the stroke my my chin perhaps it's it's that it's not this master tactician because even at the season three finale of Rebels where he gets kind of beaten by the Bendu and all that, it's like and, – and Filoni's explanation for that is, well, Thrawn doesn't know how to quantify the Force. And it's like, well, that's what he was in the OG Thrawn trilogy was that he figured out how to quantify the Force. And that's what made him such an imposing villain to the main trio and it's just, well, that doesn't matter anymore. That's not how my interpretation of Star Wars works. And that's why Rebels Thrawn isn't that interesting. But we forgot one other. We, we, we got, we got of course, the wolf that chases the sun, the wolf that chases the moon. By the way, fun fact to really dive into it. Uh, their names mean, uh, Hadi means he who hates or enemy, and Skoli means treachery or mockery. There, you got your Norse mythology lesson for the day. Also, if there's any character named Gary or Freki, those are the wolves of Odin. So keep an eye out because 
Frecky? It could be a Frecky on the horizon. I want that. Yeah, Gary? Gary and a Frecky. Gary. Gary. I don't know if we're gonna get any Garys in Star Wars. God, I hope Maybe. we get a Gary. Okay, I'm I'm glad I want Rob Ray brought to that. Fall in love with Gary. Hold on a sec. We gotta bring up Star Wars names for an instant, uh, for a moment. I'm glad we mentioned Gary. I will say for maybe I've been in the dark for the last three years, but I, for the longest time, I thought the Morgan Elsbeth character was the name of the actual actress. It wasn't until watching this a couple of nights ago where I'm just like, wait, we're naming a character Morgan Elsbeth. Like was the name Jane Simpson already taken in star Wars lore? Like, mm-hmm. are we just naming characters, arbitrary names? It's not the first Morgan. It doesn't matter. It's a generic name. It doesn't belong in Star Wars. Give me a Poe Dameron. I want a name that at first I hear it. I'm like, this is not logical. I need that from my Star War. Morgan Katarn is rolling over in his grave, Zach. At least that has a goofy oh. last name. I'll take that. I'll take at least one goofy name of the two. It doesn't have to be both. Beggars can't be choosers nowadays. Rob has a Star Wars name too, by the way. I mean, Ro- Rob Oki could definitely be Robo Key, whatever. Could be an actual Star Wars name. Yeah, her the actress is actually. Um, I remember reading this when it came out. She's like the niece of Bruce Lee, like in real life. That actress. Um, I think that was like part of why. Yeah, Diana Lee is her name. Um, Ino Santo, Diana Lee Ino Santo. So now you know. Zach, that her name's not Morgan Elizabeth. It's Diana Lee. You'll um, always be Morgan Elizabeth to me. I'm which, sorry. I'm, I'm, I was curious. Where was that witch magic when she was fighting Ahsoka? They made it up. They hadn't written that part of the script yet. <laughs> but she had the markings the whole time. You know, she had the Dathomirian markings. So it's obviously something they had like planned in some sort of way. But like, where was that would have probably helped her win that fight when she was just using that metal staff against Ahsoka. Ooh, you know what didn't help her win that fight? Being in the 2003 Hulk movie. That's going to hurt you. <laughs> and Wild there, Wild West. Tooth- Ang Lee's Hulk is practically like Shakespeare by today's standards. How dare you? But anyways. <laughs> At least it was maximum effort. I do give him that. And get your guys' opinion on uh, Merrick. Who is it? What's going on? Is he is Star Killer? So America's is no. a snake eyes character, of course, right? Is the mysterious, maybe former inquisitor, uh, definitely very uh, GI Joe-ish looking, a little Sith guy, right? Um, my 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 money's on. He's going to be Star Killer. You think that's uh, what's his name under the mask? That's gonna I mean, uh... Galen Merrick. I mean, Merrick Merrick. Close enough. I mean, I'll take it. It's if 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 it's Ezra, I'm gonna throw something at somebody. Because I'm like, if he's, if he's Galen Merrick, he's a powered down Galen Merrick. That's not even fun anymore. That like takes all the fun out of the character. So I hope no, that's it, not it doesn't. It, it doesn't like I'd be happy if they just at least had him in there. Come on. Like we, we all want him to return in some form. If they're going to do that, though, they need to make it like he he's like the complete like equivalent to Ahsoka, like really lean into that. Like this is Vader's other apprentice thing. And I don't get that vibe from Merrick at all. He held his own. Yeah, he flew. He like threw. He threw his lightsaber and ran away. What if it's Luke undercover? Who knows? <laughs> yes, you know what? It's, it's Luke undercover. You, you got to admit though, his body Luke. frame, his body frame and stuff does match like Ezra. He's like a skinny, like smaller. I'm telling dude, you, man, you know? it'd be it'd be like wait, but how? Why? Yeah, how? Why? That's that's 
I know. It doesn't make any sense, but it's an interesting theory. Oh, what? Are we going to say that Thrawn brainwashed him? Thrawn was here the whole time. <laughs> the calls think, coming from inside the star cruiser yeah i think they they imply that like there might be time stuff going on too because she says like i hear thon thron speaking to me across time and space which is like so like when you travel through this like this um the whatever the the portal thing is that they're making um is this like a time oh, travel thing like, like do you time travel when you go through this and go Zion? it's the ision is a vortex the same thing as a portal Yes. No one will get that except for us. Right? I know. That's I, I got it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, if it's the thing is a gal, another galaxy is like so inconceivably far away that if you can get there and you're and you don't have to like freeze yourself for like a billion years, it inherently involves time travel. But this also ties into like the Thrawn, this the the first Disney Thrawn trilogy of books, where in the second book, and Zenger can corroborate this is that you had the Skywalkers in the yeah. Chiss culture. Like, it makes sense that, to, like, they've laid the kind of abstract groundwork for all this. To And by the way, to explain to you peasants who haven't read yet, um, that's both you on the call and you off the call listening, please uh, please like and subscribe. Um, Skywalkers refers to Force-sensitive children within the Chiss culture. But due to the fact that they don't have Jedis in the Chiss culture, they kind of grow out of the Force sensitivity as they age out. And after that point, they are no longer used as navigators for starships as traveling through hyperspace. Got it. The more you know. <laughs> you just read me the book. I'm Catholic. I'm used to the Bible being read to me. So <laughs> I can't read. I can only I can only watch Disney plus uh, TV shows. It's my only way of consuming content. I'm sorry. Every Sunday, Russell reads you one hour from uh, a Thrawn trilogy novel. Church of Vader or something. Zinger's the reader between all of us. Like, who would have thought? It's amazing. <laughs> Zinger listens to books. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. He listens to books. He's the listener. Well, here's my question about Thrawn. Is Thrawn going to show up at any point in this, or is he going to be the Thanos of the Infinity War, where he shows up at the 11th hour, our heroes failed, and he's going to show up and be like, okay, again, it's the last five minutes of of season one. He puts on a gauntlet and says, I'll do it myself. Exactly. I thought he would be in it. Maybe I'm just that I still, I've, I've learned to avoid spoilers to enjoy the wars a little more. So I, I actually expected all the talk about him. I'm like, oh, will we, will we see a boot walk across a bridge at least? Give us something. But uh, yeah, You're just even Russ is ready for just a boot. He would have been happy with just a piece of the piece. I'm of like, that's him. <laughs> I think you're right, Zach, because we're already 25 percent of the way through. And apparently the next episode's like right around 30 minutes. So like, I don't what? know. Listen. Could be one of those things where it's very underwhelming and unsatisfying, and from a narrative perspective, by the end of episode eight. And I really hope that's not the case. I'm just again, I'm looking at it from a very cynical perspective. Is that we keep saying that oh, the the Filoni verse is going to crescendo into basically the Katana fleet, all of that, like Thrawn waging his war against the New Republic. This is why they go to disarmament by the by the the events of the sequel trilogy. We already saw a bootleg katana fleet, so they can't do that again. Well, we already yes, but they're gonna they're gonna try it again, but slightly different, like they've done with everything else. That's my thing is that I, Thrawn can't be the villain of this series because he's being saved as the Thanos of contemporary Star Wars. In in the in the books, did they have this whole interdimensional thing going on? No. Which books? 
or, or the, <laughs> wow. wow fair enough uh, zanger fair enough okay for for the zon the zon series the zon trilogy whichever was narrowed down there's three of those the the canon okay hold on the canon the prequel the prequel Legends. to the prequel okay all of the above was was this the uh the interaction between a whole separate galaxy came in a in star wars uh legacy not uh, is it legacy no what's the last book series what that began with vector prime and what does that arc look like like what what's that well it's giant space alien orcs from another galaxy who are immune to the force invade and like dismantle coruscant basically (laughs) it's pretty great and um the original Thrawn trilogy and the empire is just him showing back up and it's like yo so well he should well hmm. again like we should really reiterate what makes Thrawn so interesting as a villain because at that point Star Wars is what again Chris what 14 years old and what makes Thrawn so interesting is that he's not an evil space wizard he's a master tactician and he's like oh I'm gonna outthink all these people as opposed to just being oh I believe my super weapon will be quite operational when your friends arrive. Like, yeah, it's not the empty rhetoric of space wizardry. The original Heir to the Empire trilogy that this is sort of like siphoning hype off of is like it it wasn't it didn't take place as like it it was like, you know, a few years after Return of the Jedi and and Thrawn got an opportunity And Thrawn got an opportunity to run the show in a way that he never would have under the traditional imperial structure, basically. And, you know, he's being held down. And, you know, he really, once the Empire and Vader were gone, he could really sort of show uh, his his skills. And uh, this, they sort of had to put him in a freezer of another galaxy for a while to explain why he wasn't around in the OT. Yeah. Uh, can, I, can I please just mention my favorite calling card throughout this podcast which at this point should be inscribed on my tombstone is the aftermath trilogy novel where it says and i quote the only reason why palpatine kept thrown around was versus understanding of the unknown regions which as much as we laughed at the madman chuck wendig who at this point is persona non grata within lucasfilm somehow we are still referencing one line from a novel from six years ago that is still pertinent like it is pretty perfect so there's roots there's roots to the canon that they're creating now like it's it feels like it's got roots hold on don't get too excited it's bookshot seating as zenger will call it that that book series while boring while it was solid for the time let's not call it, it boring in 2015 it, 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 it walked up with a shotgun and just blasted ideas out into the ether there was a subplot about vader's lightsaber and some acolytes or some followers yes which is a tv show that's coming out next year called the acolyte Cobb vanth Cobb vanth there, there's so much stuff that was set up BB-8 was actually introduced in that, like his series of like. There's so much they just shotgun blast out, and they're like, "Well, if we Greg need Gunberg. it, it's it's it exists in the <laughs> universe. It's out there. Plus, I, I don't that. think Mars Mickelson blew himself to not be in this more." <laughs> <laughs> Clip it, God damn it. it. 
I think we're going to see uh, Thrawn sooner than later on the show. I, I have a feeling like this story seems like it's progressing pretty quickly. Like I know it was, it was a slow burn the first episode, but like we're already now at the point where like Ahsoka's going to the thing and Balin thing. is going to the thing. They're all going to the, to the portal thing. They're all heading in the same direction. Like there's about to be a major convergence that's about to happen. I kind of feel like we're going to see Elsbeth take, you know, go through this portal into this other galaxy and Ahsoka and Sabine are going to kind of uh, piggyback on that ride. I have a feeling my head just exploded. See, I like the Dathomir stuff and the, and the fact that, you know, that, that I don't know. I have, of course I have, have Indiana Jones out. I mean, Indiana Jones still in theaters possibly. No, it is definitely not in uh, theaters. Uh, Ahsoka was, Rob told me that a couple of weeks ago too. I, I, I'll find it bombed a so hard. It bombed like harder than anything they've ever put out. To be honest, Even if Indiana Jones didn't bomb everything in movie theaters is Barbie and Oppenheimer. There's no more, no less. Only two there can be. And the Meg. <laughs> The only thing keeping us away of keeping our Barbie and Oppenheimer from touching right now is the Meg (laughs) to keep a safe distance. Well, okay, not to change the subject, but I have to ask a question. And I'm glad Rob already cursed on the podcast because I want Chris to bleep this out. Sabine being impaled. I have to ask the important question. Was Qui-Gon a... Yeah. Right? Between the Grand Inquisitor, Rava, Sabine, who's not even Force-sensitive, and the series beats us across the head with that fact. Love it. Was Qui-Gon, like, dying of cancer? We didn't know that. And it was really like, all right, like, he's he's a goner, so. May have had a pretty Well, actually, uh, he got help quickly. This is even more egregious, given that <laughs> Filoni is, like, you, the number, is, like, the number one, like, evangelist for like how important the duel of the fates is to the what happens to the entire star wars saga there's an you know i want to i want to bring up like a clip from the disney gallery where filoni's like oh you don't you guys don't understand kathleen kennedy who i'm who he's directly talking to when he says this you know if qui-gon didn't die like none of the empire happens like anakin just grows up to be a good dude with a good teacher basically is what filoni says to like the like Favreau and Kathleen Kennedy and you know and then he proceeds to show Sabine incidentally take the exact same injury that Qui-Gon did and like she's it's not it's an afterthought it's a foregone conclusion that she's perfectly all right I just, it's they're just nerfing the lightsabers man it's just like it's like it seems like a dumb nerd thing to glom onto but like they're just it's just like they're reducing the tension that you feel when you see people fight with lightsabers by doing stuff like that. I'll back that up. My, my wife was watching with me and she immediately said, they'll just put her in Bacta. And I was like, and she's, she didn't even get that. That's what I thought too, Ross. And I'm just like, she didn't even get that. She just got in bed for a few days. It felt a little bit like Shin was just playing with her, with her food. Like it did, like she wasn't really trying to even kill her. It didn't seem like, like she's a, Shin seems like she's a beast. Like she could probably just win that fight. And, uh, they say it in the episode that um, what's her name doesn't even have the force. Um, the hell's Sabine? her name? Uh, Sabine. 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 Sabine doesn't even have the force. Yes. Yeah, robot Doctor Who tells her that. Yeah. But like if she had killed Sabine, then Ahsoka would have been like right on her tail versus rushing her buddy to the hospital. But but what I'm not talking about that. I'm not. Ta- I'm talking about Filoni making the choice to show her getting like perfectly impaled like like through the torso like you know how in episode three when like somehow by a miracle 
Dooku just like toasts Obi-Wan's knee rather than cutting his leg off. He just like, he just burns it a little bit and then he throws some stairs on him. Like, you know, do something like that where we're not just like bothered by the fact that she survived easily. That's all I'm saying. I will say earlier today, Joe and I were talking about this and it's like, why take a hand? That's the old way. Take a hand. That would have been too much. I think exactly. Like I get the hand is kind of played out at this point. So I'll give, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, but why couldn't they attack the clones? Obi-Wan with Dooku, just nick him in the shoulder, nick him in like the thigh and have him collapse. Guess what? It burns. Ow. Like get them some salve or some bomb and then move on to the next one. Like I just, I don't get it. Like it's such a weird cheap shot that they keep doing. Yeah, and it does. It takes the stakes away too. I agree. Go. Even though it wouldn't have taken her out, it could have been something to where she had her Beskar armor on under that Beskar what? underwear. Beskar under. I, it was, <laughs> they show they show the wound though. Or maybe she got hit and it still like knocked her back, and Shin thought she did more damage and walks off, and then she just gets up and she's like, "That getting a direct lightsaber hit takes a lot out of you." That's why that Twi'lek's going to survive Book of Boba Fett 2, because she survived the explosion because she was wearing a, a Beskar bra. <laughs> but how nice of Shin to, like, slide it in perfectly straight and pull it out perfectly straight so that it yeah. only had, like, about a quarter-sized hole and, like, Not no angle. around. Yeah. yeah. Just sure, yeah well, see, the, these are all off to the side. Like, Obi-Wan's was directly in the center of the chest. Also, it's going to be in a flashback where where Maul's going to be like, I actually poisoned him. And it's going to show us all that he throws like a poison cap in his mouth. Do you guys think that this was purposely conceived to be similar to the Reva thing? Like, like in a way that like, as they're making these shows, they're loyal to their, like, like they, they're still creating Ahsoka on the notion that like, Obi-Wan was badass. We just killed it with Obi-Wan. Let's make this show now do the Star Wars thing where we're like echoing what what's happened in the past. And like, are we supposed to think of Reva when we see her get stabbed in that moment? Was that intentional? To that point, Rob, absolutely. Because people are already making fan like edit videos of Ahsoka looking at like the landscape of Lafal juxtaposed to like the flashbacks of Hayden Christensen and Obi-Wan on the temple, like training grounds and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh yes. They are, they are drinking their own Kool-Aid. Absolutely. It's like yeah. it's just hitting their system way too late. And they're like, Oh, you guys didn't like that. Sorry. We made this whole other thing referencing it. They're married to it already. And it, like production wise, they're like, a, they're, you know, this show is made create like, months ago months and months ago probably like around when obi-wan was coming out around that time it's probably when they were creating this show so i think in they're trying to cohesively create these stories that like in their eyes go together but like what it's actually doing the fans are getting pissed off at it because it's reminding them of shit that they hated from the other shows it's like doing the opposite effect not to jump too far ahead but like it should be stated too as like star wars fans that like after the acolyte and I guess what the Bad Batch season three, there's nothing on the horizon. We Stop. have the yeah. hollow, the movie, right? hollow film announcements that after Rob even mentioned it, the Dial of Destiny bombing. We're never getting the James Mangold, uh, what primitive force user movie. That's never happening. Now, like after the Acolyte and 
Bad Batch season three. There's no Star Wars on the horizon. There's no movies. There's no TV shows. That's it. Like we're done after that. Well, yeah, they haven't even announced Mando season four, right? <laughs> I, I'm with Singer. At least we have Rebel Moon to look forward to. Oh no! Don't be that person. Like we don't we know. Don't be that person. We don't need that sort. Of, don't put that evil on us as Star Wars fans. It, it looks. It looks fine. It looks fine. Honestly, did you guys see the trailer? It does. It looks okay. No, it's against my religion to prop up Hack Snyder. Not. It's. It seems interesting, but it's not. Uh, it's not Star Wars. It's not. We'll see. We should be talking about Gareth Edwards' first new film since Rogue One that comes what? out this fall. What's he been what doing? It's like District 9, but like not as interesting and less provocative. Oh, right. That looks good. That looks good. The creator, right? I think something like that. But like he so finally got out of director's jail. Like outside, I think oh, JJ's still in director's jail. Oh, God. Like everybody else. Colin Trevorrow was kind of in director's jail outside of uh, Jurassic Park movies. We got to celebrate a Star Wars filmmaker finally getting out of director's jail. Well, I've got good news for everybody. Can anyone name the last movie that Snyder did that was directed, written, produced, and DPO'd by him? Because um, Rebel Moon is the is one, but there's only one other one. Sucker Punch. All right. Zach's going with Sucker Punch. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, 300? Yeah, I was, I'll go with that. We're, we're on the same team. We're introduced. Uh, he did not produce the yeah, he, Well, so he um, didn't write it, I don't think, either. So. I know, he wrote the story. I mean, it's not like he took uh, the actual story of 300 and just made he a movie about there, it. He wasn't there, Rob. He, he, he turned it into a film, right, of course. Joe, you got to guess. <laughs> Say Justice League. Justice League. All right, all right. Uh, directed and uh, wrote the story for that one. Can I double down on Sucker Punch? Uh, Sucker Punch. He was not in charge of – he was not the director of photography slash cinematographer for it. Really? Are yeah. we talking about like Netflix garbage or like or a real we movie? We are talking about Netflix garbage. Oh, that doesn't – okay. I'm just – okay. I'm disqualifying this conversation because Netflix Army is not real of cinema. The Dead is the only oh, thing he's done yeah, all right. four on. And Rebel Moon will be the second thing he does all of them on. And is that the movie Chris Lee got kicked out of? We all yeah. know how good Army of the Dead was. Yeah, it's not featuring <laughs> Crystalia. It was amazing. Skepticism intensifies. The The only reason that movie is interesting is because it was pitched as a Star Wars movie and rejected. So if it turns <laughs> out good, that is hilarious. That's the only reason it's worth watching. That's true. That I, I do love that. Unlikely voice of reason. I do love that. It is good, though. The You know, the, you said that there's nothing on the horizon for Star Wars besides, like, the Filoni movie, the, the, the possible Ray movie or whatever, like... It's kind of bleak as far as the future for Star Wars goes, but this uh, the stuff with like new galaxies in Ahsoka, I think, could possibly be like a way to to head in a good direction in a lot of ways. Like they can, this could open things up as far as the storytelling goes. Where like we're not trapped in the same little galaxy doing the same shit over and over again. We can explore and do some new things that are more interesting. Like. I like the Night Sister angle. I think that's going to be cool. I agree with you, Rob, on a creative aspect. It is somewhat fertile, but the fact that we haven't gotten any, to put the business aspect into it, 
the fact that we haven't gotten any Disney headlines of like Ahsoka series premiere is the highest viewed blah, blah, blah in Disney plus history in 30 years. The fact that we haven't gotten any sort of sensational headlines, whether they be real or fake, leads me to believe this isn't getting the ratings numbers that they anticipated. Yeah. I, I, the fact that they're not being sensationalized leads me to believe that they're 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 underwhelmed by what they're getting reception wise, and that's because of the state of Star Wars all in general. Well, that's not too. even because of the show. I think I think people are like are more hesitant to like get into a new Star Wars show because they've given the last couple of things that they watched Boba Fett and they were like, "What the <laughs> fuck is going on?" It or should I'm, be stated. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Book of Boba Fett. I think it's still the highest like viewed Star Wars Disney Plus thing to date. That's crazy. It's shame. It's insane, man. It's no wonder <laughs> we're societal outcasts. <laughs> I have a theory. Thought. Okay, continue. And it goes on what Rob said, and basically, yes, they're 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 going into this whole time and space thing. And think of Flight of the Navigator. Who watched Flight of the Navigator on Disney? Love it. Years and Classic. years and years ago. Yeah. So they're going to do this thing. Yeah, we are going to see Thrawn. But at the end, our heroes in the movie with Mando, Grogu, Ahsoka, Sabine, all of them are going to go in the portal. They're going to go out to that galaxy. They're going to come back just in time for Ray's movie with the new Jedi Order. Because what's the one thing that always has people head scratching? Where are these characters during the sequel trilogy? They're not there. You're talking about time dilation. Yeah. Yeah, they're in another galaxy, and then you can explain it away by using the time. Exactly, they came back using the same way, but guess what? Time has passed, and that's Mm. why they're with Ray now, and they haven't aged. And boom, there you go. There's your other sequel trilogy right there, and it's going to pick up everything where it left off. It's that that sounds like that could totally happen. That doesn't sound seamless. Is Cobb Vanth coming? All of the it checks all of the boxes by the surgeon in the book of Boba Fett, Ross. (laughs) But just think about it that way, because they're going to be they're saying that they're going to end this whole Mando verse by having a movie. And what better way of having a movie than to have them go to the other galaxy with Thrawn, put him back in exile. Then they come back for Rey's movie where she's establishing a new Jedi order. Next thing you know, they're going to be fighting these space creatures that are immune to the force. How awesome of a movie would that be? Mm. That would be fun. Issue. I'm not poo-pooing your idea. I'm just saying I work with filthy casuals when it comes to star Wars. I know a ton of them have not watched a single episode of anything animated. And I know it's coming. The bombardment of me. Who are these characters? What's going on? Explain Because this show does very little. It just goes, yeah, you must have watched the other shows. So that's the thing. Not only introducing the concept of, hey, you probably should have watched a ton of other series. But then introducing, oh, well, a good idea, Joe. I could I could agree with you on that, but the thing is this: yes, twenty years ago, twenty years ago, that would have been a thing because then you would have to go to a video store and you would have to rent it. But the same thing that you're watching is a streaming service where this thing is on, and on that streaming service is everything you need to everything you yeah. need to watch to catch up on it. And so, if I someone's saw. really invested in it, what they'll be able to do is they'll be able to sit there and watch it. 
the same day after. Like my daughter watched first two episodes of Ahsoka with me. And what did she do after that? All day today, she was sitting there catching up on Rebels because she wanted to know what was going on. So she has the opportunity of doing that, and she doesn't have to wait and go to Best Buy or wherever the place it is where they have DVDs because she could just get it on her TV right in her bedroom, and she could sit there. You're and- freaking boomer zinger. Don't understand those. <laughs> it's, it's a whole different animal now than it was yeah. before. But how many of you guys saw like posts of like middle-aged dudes being like, I personally don't watch cartoons, so how much cartoons do I need to watch to understand Ahsoka? And then they just get pilloried because they're just like, I mean, I was basically, every time I saw one of those, I would, I would put, I commented, I put quotation marks and I said, I only watch live action children's films. And then dash like original poster. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I don't know. There was a lot of guys I saw who said, I don't watch cartoons. And it's just like, I think that's a state of being. Yeah, there was a snobbery in that. that. The people that are watching those cartoons before are the people that are watching that Disney streaming right now. And there are also kids that are getting older, like rebels and clone wars have been around for quite a while. Now, I mean, people who were kids watching that are at the point now where they are getting in their late teens, twenties. Like I'm talking little kids who are watching it. Uh, my son, for example, like he saw that came out he was watch rebels when he came out. He's like, Oh, they're all in there. I'm like, yeah, they're all in there. I'll even throw this in there though. If you wanted to even cheat, <clears throat> even as, as long as you have some background on what star Wars is, you can watch one of those YouTube videos where it's like, Ahsoka story in three minutes. You could watch that and then watch the show and know enough knowledge about what's going on in the background where you don't need to watch four seasons of of Rebels and six seasons of Clone Wars. You can just see the moments that you need to see with Ahsoka that are important and then get to the main story. That works. But in the end, what the, the real thing here is a good story, good writing for comic books, good writing for television. You shouldn't need to have seen like you should be able to write a sequel and I viewers should be able to go into the theater and sit down and watch a sequel and enjoy it without having had to see the first movie. If it's written well, and if it's written smooth enough with enough finesse, the viewers will learn all of the stuff that they need to know throughout the episode as the story unfolds. And um, it may be a little bit more fulfilling for people who've done the homework, but as far as enjoying the experience and not feeling left out, like if it's written in the right way, it can do all of those things. Yeah, I mean, I hear I hear you're saying, Rob, but is it is it a financially wise thing to make it redundant so that you don't have to watch all that stuff as a newcomer? Sure, it's financially wise. I don't know if it's like the key to like the best, most interesting storytelling, but it's like it's it's a financially wise decision so that people don't feel alienated as soon as they turn it on and they keep watching the whole series. But I, I, I feel like it's good like I like the fact that like you get a little more out of this if you have been paying attention, but because if they re-explained their interpersonal relationships of everyone in rebels, like Holy crap, would they have wasted a whole episode? Yeah. I mean, I think they, they, they set it up in a way where it's like, yeah, a lot of people are probably wondering who is Ezra. Like what, why should I care about finding Ezra? And it's like, you care about it because these characters care about them. That's what you, that's like what you need to know about it. Like that's the motivation for the show. It's not like you don't, eventually you'll understand why it's so important. Like they give you the hints there where like even the opening scene with uh, Sabine on the bike where it's like, you, all right, I don't know this character. She seems like she's a rebel. I get that impression from this, just this first scene. Uh-huh. With her. 
you know, like that kind of stuff. Like it's, it's a little bit like, um, it's a little heavy handed at times, but like that's Filoni's style kind of, I think. Um, and it's, it's effective. I think you can watch this show and not have ever seen it before and be intrigued and like want, still like a, a, want to know the answers to these questions just as much as people who have the knowledge. Yeah. And so, I, I like that they immediately give Chopper the, uh, the homicidal tendencies. It's like, oh, wh what's their one personality trait that we can distill into a single scene, like really quickly? Like, this one is a little bit of a rebel. She takes off on her uh, speeder because she doesn't want to be there. And this droid is might be insane, but uh, he's very cartoony. And this is a very serious general and pilot, but she's also a good friend. You know, they, they have to get that all, all immediately out there. And I, I just hope, yeah, it's, it's better than, you know, doing Spider Man's origin whatever that many times for all these people like don't overdo it generally like what do you guys think about the fact that they're actually like sort of a, like there's not a whole lot of acknowledgement that there's even a distinction between galaxies like it's cinematically in star wars and there's a tiny little bit in the books mostly in legends and you know you always have that you always think about that weird scene at the end of the empire strikes back where like how far out from the galaxy is this rebel fleet because they're sort of looking at the galaxy in this ending shot and it's like you know like is it that easy to get like far enough out from it that you can like sort of look at it out a window like i don't know that that's that shot always kind of bothered me as someone who like is barely scientifically literate enough to understand what a galaxy is so like is it like I don't know. They, the way they sort of talk, what gets me is the way they sort of talk about the subject of a, another galaxy. They're not, Ahsoka doesn't seem like her mind is blown by being able to traverse that distance. It's almost like there's been existing knowledge that it was possible or like anecdotally people had talked about it. Cause like that's well, kind Skull of like, Skull says that he says that yeah. in, the, in the episode, he says it was like Jedi children's tales. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah like, they kind of tie it in. I did like that little fairy tale element here. That was kind of the most like really deep moment when you realize that these, you know, they're not the, these super hard. They're yes, they're super hard killers, but he seems very uh, reverent of the Jedi Order. As Padwan is evil, but's got a Padwan braid. Yeah. Oh, he's conflicted. Know. That guy's conflicted. There's something going on with Balin. I don't know what it is, but that he's not a simple character. I like that about him. Yeah, when he so, said it'd be a shame to kill Ahsoka because there's so few Jedi left. Like it's you know, that's like that's what I'm talking about. That's the bare minimum two dimensions to a villain that that you know disney yeah. and star wars has been needing you know it's good yeah, sometimes <laughs> you have to know when to hold yeah. them and you have to know when to fold them and i think he this is a character that's figuring that out <laughs> sometimes you don't know when to walk away <laughs> yeah and know when to run <laughs> he don't run this guy don't run from anybody he he goes right into the fire man he was i love i love like the catching the blaster shots and shooting them back but having it all kind of off screen so it's like even more mysterious you're like what is he even doing but he just he took those dudes out Th that whole intro sequence i feel like um sets the the tone of the show so so nicely and like it does such a good job of like referencing so many different things from star wars throughout that whole you know like the the code thing about the co uh having being old jedi code right from the beginning and then how they come out of the ship and it's very similar to the prequels and but then it's, it's very like, similar it's beginning the, of return of the jedi when uh when vader it, comes too exactly it, it's like it harkens back to so many different uh nostalgic things in star wars but doesn't do it in like a cheesy way it does it in a natural feeling way 
And Chris, I, you you should you should appreciate this: the fact that uh, the body type of this guy is perfect for Star Wars fandom and conventions. Older dudes who are fat with beards who go to conventions can be this guy. He is like a great character to enter <laughs> into cosplay. Like, think about it. There was like ninety percent of Star Wars fans could just be this guy tomorrow if they want. This, that's never stopped any Star Wars fans from portraying any characters. But you know, we got to point out um, the the uh, the amusing use of uh, Mark Mark Ralston in that opening scene as like the very General Madine esque captain of that Mon Cal- Calamari so cruiser. He's and, so you know, good. I just hope they you know they just pepper in the entire cast of aliens like in random cameos throughout this series like that you know because we got Michael Bean in the the Juan Ahsoka episode of Mando yes. season two, and uh, I don't know it's just like you know. It, it's he's there because like I, I haven't followed his career, but to me it feels like he's there just because he's an alien, and I'm in favor of that. Yeah, I didn't even get, catch that that was him at all. What was he gonna do if they weren't? If like if they weren't Jedi, if they were Imperial, was he about to throw down with these with those two? Like what was what was he thinking when he brought them on the he, ship? He thought they were LARPers. He didn't think they would actually have force yeah. powers and would be like good at fighting. But like the cool thing is that they the shuttle they're using is like that same uh, like like a uh, Republic shuttle that all the Jedi go on missions on. And like, like, uh, like tales of the Jedi uses it like th- in three episodes, I think, and in some other stuff. So it's, it's sort of cool that they're actually like maintaining that design. Like those guys have just had that stolen car for like 20 years or whatever it is. It's pretty yeah, cool. I like that too. Yeah, that was the, that whole sequence with uh, every time they show anything like that's a space battle in this show, it felt so right like all of the ships and the special effects and stuff it felt like movie quality as opposed to in the past where like there's parts in the mandalorian that feel like that but at other moments you feel like it's there's the money is not there like it is in the movies when it comes to like the ship the star battles this felt like up there you got a nice big ship yeah yeah a nice ship uh shot in the beginning you got the x-wings look great i mean yeah. every time they showed those it was it was pretty spot on and they re- and they rebuilt some small portion of the rebel briefing room on home one from return of the jedi that was cool just you know it's like it's hmm. uh it's i mean it's a nice touch but i don't know like the costume thing is a bit weird like i hear a lot of people saying they don't like how hair looks her I, eyes are distracting I, her well, yeah, because it's contacts, right? And they're like not quite aligned properly sometimes. They're, and it's, it's like they're, you get they're this... too bright, too. Like yeah. it's too bright. It's off. Same thing with I think Ahsoka's eyes are a little distracting sometimes, too. Like, I don't know. It's a contact yeah. lens thing. Well, ex- yeah, it's a contact thing. Like I, w- I remember when uh, Return of the Jedi was back in theaters like a couple months ago. I was like, wow, seeing this in 4K on the big screen, I never realized that the Emperor is essentially cross-eyed all the time because of those contacts. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it, to his initial hologram look of looking completely weird yeah. in the eyes. So. Yeah, I mean, it's true, though. Like, check it out. <laughs> like, he's those pupils are never in the right direction. It's, yeah, it's a little distracting sometimes. Like, and I guess between, between the, the contact lenses and then, like, the hollow acting from Rosario... It makes it like it's a it takes me out of it sometimes in certain moments where I'm like, I yeah. wish that I wish she was putting a little bit more into this and then yeah. I, could, I could get into it more. And then if you look at um, and, you know, if you're if you're just real dedicated to the to the to, to the uh, in, in taking all the Disney material that you can like there, I think the you know, the casting for Hera is a bit weird, because especially if you've like 
if you played Star Wars Squadrons, Hera has a good amount of screen time in that. And it's like, that's no Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I'll tell you that. Like, I don't know if you Google like Hera from Squadrons, like, you know, it's really like way off the mark. And I guess that had the original uh, voice actress too. But like, I'm just saying in terms of like, like the way the character looks, it's like, it's a, it's a big left turn for like what in chronology terms is like the day before what we're seeing pretty much. Well, part of that too, is that because of Mary Elizabeth Winstead is Ewan McDonald's like what real life. That's the worst possible answer to that. Like that's, that should not be the reason why she's It is the reason. Yeah, it's definitely part of it. Be like, we'll give your wife a part in a a show if you, if you do Obi-Wan. You're right, because Kenobi was so good that we need to be handing out favors. And maybe we'll hook y'all two up in the show. We we get timelines we can Giddy mess up. with. We we discovered time dilation. Okay, just real quick, just for shorthand, can we please call Mary Elizabeth Winstead Mew? Because like I'm gonna choke on that name every single time I have to say it, because like she, like. I, she's a decent enough actress, but everything I've ever seen her in over the last 10 plus years, she does the Ramona Flowers thing where she's just stoic for the sake of being stoic, whether it be in Gemini Man with Will Smith, Birds of Prey, like Zenger. Again, I know you watch all this garbage along with me. Like it, it's the same performance in everything. Like she has no range. And she's just playing within her wheelhouse. Like, and this is where it makes me mad is that like looking at this show that like Rosario Dawson is very much playing within her wheelhouse. She's very stoic to a fault. There's a very Rosario Dawson moment where I'm like, that's just Rosario Dawson, Rosario Dawson in a Rosario Dawson. Exactly. Like a couple days ago, I was rewatching Unstoppable, the Chris Pine, Denzel Washington runaway train movie. And I'm just like, she, like, her version of like emoting is just exclaiming at a monitor. She does not know how to emote outside of just reading dialogue. And then, like, you, I have to say, like, I have everybody who's being translated from a two dimensional cartoon to a three dimensional actor. I am pretty impressed with Natasha Lou Bordizzo. Like I bought her as Sabine at no point watching this where I was like, okay, whether it be Rosario Dawson or Mary Elizabeth Winstead, where I'm like, there's a disconnect here. I bought her as Sabine at no point was I like, well, and that's what I just, I, I don't get it. Like even with Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, she, like every single scene with her, almost plays out the exact same way scene starts her backs to the camera she like i'm gonna almost mime it on camera so i can kind of get the point across back to the camera somebody starts talking to her so she turns around does like the weird like spock like raised eyebrow to be inquisitive as to what point they're trying to get across and then very flatly delivers the line of dialogue while her arms are folded (laughs) <laughs> That's every single scene. Arms folded, nailed it. Yeah, arms crossed. Yeah. Yes. And then unless it's an action sequence where very clearly it's a double because every action sequence she's wearing a gray cloak, yet when it's Rosario Dawson, she takes the cloak off. And I'm just like, like I get it. it it's a cartoon character in live action. I'm not expecting the world. The, the bar is set low, all things considered. I want to see if I can like, do it. 
Hold on. Hold well, on. that's the it's thing is that it's that like why I I get it. She was fan casting. There's the infamous video like 20 what 15 16 where like nerds on the internet are like like oh she'd be perfect and her turn on what conan being like well disney's listening i'd be yeah. open to it yeah like i don't know it, it's like we're just it. it's, so it's yeah. actually the internet's fault for like kind of forcing kind this of, yeah counter, yeah kind of is kind There's of other, yeah. like uh it's like uh john krasinski is mr fantastic they try to make that happen and i guess kind of did they at least did, but they realized it was a terrible mistake immediately. That's a fake, like, fake one. No one her. She felt more like Ahsoka in Mandalorian, though. Like, when she met Grogu for that first, in that episode, I feel like that felt like Ahsoka. Like, even the, yeah, whole, that, the whole, her back and forth with Din felt like Ahsoka. She, like, kind of is a little, she's, you know, does her little snarky thing. She does, she's got a little bit of an attitude, but she also feels like an older Ahsoka. This just feels like this. she's been through it, and she is, like, done with everybody and everything. We're, she's seen things. We're yeah, also, she's seen everything. We're also judging on just two episodes in, which, yes, yeah. is 20%, yeah. but... 25. <laughs> yes, uh, but, I mean, it... It, it it could get better. It could just be that we're just you know, well, not seeing the, problem the best is, they got. When you save someone using the world between worlds, they just come back with no soul. That's the problem. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I got a question. What did you guys think about? Chris. What did you guys think about um, uh, Ezra friend zoning Sabine in his uh, his message Ooh, where he where he leaves her yeah. the message? I will say I'm so glad you brought that up, Rob, because. I had always for the last X amount of years, how many, what, five years since the Rebels finale? It was always alluded to that like that was a blossoming romance. Like not that it was mm-hmm. a romance, but like, oh, we're, we're seeding that. And then he's like, like in his little like voicemail, he's like, we call my friend Sabine with a cat. Like, you're not my sister, but I, I look at you as a sister. If, exactly. That was so weird. But Who is knows that how like, they act in Lafal, though, you know? I, well, is that supposed to be like, is, is Filoni doing that on purpose for us to be like, to get a knee-jerk reaction out of us, but then he's going to like Luke and like Leia this, but like, but they're not related this time. Is it like, is that, is like, <laughs> well, I think there might be a more woke angle to it as well, which I'll just yeah. let, leave to the imagination. Yeah. You know, well, what Russ is saying is that if there's a hint of a traditional relationship farming, you have to stamp it out immediately. That's what he's saying. Yeah, and like I I have some people, I've seen some people say things like, (laughs) "He's trying to eat me." Disney doesn't want the the woman chasing the man, like having to go chase after the man. Like that's not, you know, that's not the Disney way. Um, But I don't know if it's that. I feel like I think it was almost like uh, he either. There's two uh, two things. Either Disney did say like. They have to be those two. They're not hooking up. They're brother and sister. Or he did this on purpose to get the audience, like to create some sort of something there so that like at a certain point um sabine can go to ahsoka and be like i think i like him more than a brother you know like to create that tension possibly it's definitely the most like female-led hero action going and i know it's kind of we're kind of natural and used to it because this is just was a part of rebels and everything but uh it, it is pretty fun instead of very girl power i mean all the main characters are female except for a couple of villains there's not you know there's a boy in space there's a couple there's a bad boy in space and a good boy in space that we have to go find well they're aliens first russ <laughs> that's true <laughs> and honestly it's irrelevant like if they're male or female 
to begin with, but it's about the story. Like if they can make the story interesting and the story's good, that's what's important. Um, these characters are all like built-in characters and they just happen to be female. I think we're going to get Zeb at some point in the show. We're going to get, you know, Ezra's obviously going to come into the show. It's going it, to like things will will be yeah. more balanced if that's what you're looking if that's really what you're Oh no, I'm not, so I'm, I'm I'm not, not looking you, at it judging saying, it either like, way. I just I, Star Wars it. hasn't ever really done that. Like all the series have been pretty male focused. Like even when it's like a female, you know, important character, it's never run and then you go, "Oh, wow, look around." It's like actually all like a lot of just main female characters. It's good. It's interesting. I like it. Yeah. Anything is better than if uh the uh, the unholy offspring of Kane and Hera becomes the lead character. As long as that doesn't happen, we're fine. Whoa, whoa, whoa. we got to talk about what matters. When do we get to see Jason Sindula? He's coming. He's coming. They're saying how that. orange will his skin be? That's going to be the tag at the end of the season. That'll be the last <laughs> thing. That'll be the last thing we see before this. At the very end of the season, they're going to be like, With "Oh a yeah." Force- Force Ghost Freddie Prince Jr. They're gonna be like, Yo, Sabine, we got someone who you who we need you to teach. Like, you, we have we have your <laughs> apprentice, Sabine, and they're gonna be like, He's gonna come out of the back. It'll be a little Jason Sandula red with a lightsaber ready to go. You know, for the for the for the listeners at home, Chris like very. I'm sorry, Ross very slowly raised up into like focus of the camera. The baby Rodian from what line of toys was that, Ross? Like, I com- it completely. I don't know, Galaxy Babies or something. They <laughs> Baby Yoda was so popular. They made baby versions of uh, you know, it's baby Ewoks. Greedo. It's a baby Greedo. Yeah, I have a baby Greedo here. He's awesome. He's my son. I love him more than anything. <laughs> I will die for him. Put that Knights of Vader mug down. We have that hasn't been referenced in over four and a half years on this podcast. Long time. <laughs> it's been a long time since that mug. Well, okay, here's a question for you. At what point, like, this is the thing, you have Two pseudo Jedi come murder a bunch of oh god, New Republic officers. Nerds. And the first person they call is Ahsoka. Is Luke Skywalker just like putting all calls to voicemail or no that one was knows my where thing? He is. That was my thing. I'm like, well, you know, Ahsoka's out there doing all this. It's like, I thought this was Luke's time of adventuring with Lando, going around finding all these, you know, uh, you know legendary items that you need to find but evidently Soka's there but she doesn't need to talk to Luke at all right but Zach Luke would suck all the air out of the room and then we wouldn't want to see Ahsoka and Sabine well, well no Hold but on. like Hold I on. isn't this, this is the thing rim? though or mid rim well but this okay here's the question though is that like and I get it like it's a little it's like the Marvel dilemma it's like every single time one of these things happens, it can't just simply be Iron Man and Captain America coming to save the day. I get it. Like I can see that. But the question is, is that like you have two Force users who claim to be Jedi show up literally out of nowhere and there's not even like an offhand comment that like we know Luke Skywalker is operating. Like he came out of nowhere to save a random Mandalorian and a, uh, a big whiskey as an offhand, like he came out of nowhere to save the day. And yet two force users from the era of his father show up and it's like not even, a, and who knows, like we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe that will be referenced in the co- Ultron Luke Skywalker may make an appearance. You need hologram Luke. It would be even enough. I think just a quick, like, yeah, I've got these other guys here. I'm, all right, that's ridiculous. Why I don't write for shows, but a, a quick hologram Luke, I think would have kind of worked in this Just show. With some sort of ex, like some sort of excuse as to where the hell he is, like anything at this point, you're happy with. I'm Just in this like, nest of gun darks again. Oh no. Yeah. 
isn't he literally like training Grogu at this exact moment? Like, is something like Possibly. that? It's like Possibly. really overlapping with that sort of season three Book of Boba Fett time period, right? You can make the argument of that, but I don't like. I don't know because at this, this is the problem: is that we don't know because at this point in time. Is is Moff Gideon cloning himself? Is Bo Katan and the Mandalorians leading a rebellion to reclaim their planet? Like we don't know what's happening right now. How old is Kylo Ren at this moment? That's a good barometer too. Okay, there was uh, there was an official comment that said that it takes place the, concurrently with season three of Mandalorian. Well, we can I'm you can put you sure. can match it up like this because the, her first appearance in live action is in the Mandalorian, and she knows about Thrawn already. She's looking for Thrawn. She captures Morgan Elsbeth in that episode. Very so good. that already yes, tells true. us that and that takes place shortly before the, oh, so the show Ahsoka starts. That So there's our time frame right there. And tortures her. And tortures her for a Oh, minute. yeah, that's a good point. That's right. Ahsoka uh, showed a little dark side action. Uh, so that's, Ma- that's actually Mandalorian season two, I believe, right? That's Mandalorian season two. So sh- they're... So yeah, so it'll like like you said, it'll be congruent basically with what's going on in Mandalorian season three. Um, but somewhere in between there, she stopped off to visit Luke for a little. She stopped looking for Thrawn for a minute just to go hang out with Luke. For we don't really ever even know why she's there, right? She's chilling out in that Book of Boba Fett episode too. Like no just agenda hanging. whatsoever. Yeah. So like <laughs> it's it's should be before this this series, I would hope. And then so she went back to searching for Thrawn when she got done hanging out. Luke is like, Are, will I ever even see you again? She's like, I don't Maybe, dude. Possibly. Like, because <laughs> the writers don't even know. So they're like, we'll leave it open. Um, so it's it's an interesting place where, like, they leave her off with Luke. They're intentionally vague if they're ever going to see each other again. And uh, Luke is building. He's building the school. I guess you can say he's. he's but being this the is principal. the thing, though. But like. Think about it. Like, this is what makes it so fascinating. You have Hu Yang who's like analyzing their lightsabers. And you have Luke who clearly has some, I don't want to say, he's trying to, it's not just rebuilding the order because based on Battlefront 2 and other pieces of ancillary media, he's collecting relics from bygone eras. The idea that two Clone Wars era Jedi showed up out of nowhere with Clone Wars era tech should be should pique his curiosity. Yeah, and like yeah. I said, who knows? Maybe I would be shocked if they don't use him as an ace up their sleeve. But it's just weird that the, the, this happens. The New Republic, which at this point between Moff Gideon and Morgan Elsbeth being both captured by the some quasi version of the Imperial Remnant are just like, huh? Maybe we should call this guy who s- destroyed the first Death Star, mm. supposedly killed the Emperor. Maybe we should get this guy involved. Yeah, Hu Yang forgot about Luke when he was like, he's like, those are going to be two formidable foes for you to go against alone. Well, you maybe you won't be alone. Yeah, call Luke. She doesn't need to be alone. She's got a sick Jedi literally waiting in the wings. Like, who that droid should have been able to to know that in that moment because he's literally he knows everything about every Jedi ever. So it's there's some weird plot holes that are definitely happening there just so that we don't have to involve Luke in everything going forward in Star Wars. I think we're going to see a lot more of these plot holes. Um, and I don't think they're ever really going to explain most of them. 
I think it's just going to be like, it is what it is. Keep moving forward sort of a thing. Like, we're going to another galaxy now. Luke is going to stay in this Bring galaxy. Back to the mag. Yeah, like a shark. You got to keep moving. <laughs> Joe, Joe, what's your thoughts on all this? Well, my thoughts is, you know, she was in one episode of The Mandalorian. She went and she told them where to go to have Grogu send his force telegram to a to a Jedi master. And she hopped in her ship dropped off the lady with the new Republic. And then this all happened. That's it. It's in between this and the book of Boba Fett. So it's the reason they're invoking Anakin Skywalker. So she came by to visit Grogu and see Anakin's kid, Luke. And then that it'll actually make more sense when you sit there and look at it as a whole, because, Hey, why is she, why was she at Luke's, school that's what i was thinking too they must have ran into each other somewhere or something she wouldn't she wouldn't go searching for him because she would have searched for him before so if anything they're gonna they're gonna unlock the member berry in her head like oh anakin had a kid oh he had a kid let me go see him I thought Padme just got fat towards the end there. She's probably like, oh, man, I thought I actually looked better. He was more into me. He's like, oh, geez. yeah. Okay. And I'll be honest with you. And she needed it. She needed to wash that cloak. He had the he had the washer. It's the Samsung washer and dryer at the at the old Jedi Academy. Put Damn. in an AstroTech droid. <laughs> I, I have an Brings idea. Spin. I think that much like Game of Thrones, since that was brought up earlier, like earlier they should do like a director cut thing to where it just has a little bubble appear at the bottom of the screen to explain what a character is doing or what's going on but instead it's just george lucas appearing going well uh, during this time i was uh at the concession stand ordering a pizza it's like kevin costner (laughs) talking about the postman like oh i didn't know what i was doing here i'm sorry folks yeah uh I I, i remember writing a character of ahsoka George, you didn't write Ahsoka. Yes, I did. I was there. It was Tuesday, and it's Taco Tuesday. <laughs> I would pay money to hear that. I'd pay money to hear George Lucas doing commentary on the new Star Wars material, just to hear his reactions. Oh, things. I feel like. Well, it would be- Rob, I got good news for you. If you send, uh, <laughs> if you send money to my PayPal account, <laughs> I'll get you that. <laughs> oh, somebody's already done it for free. I've I've seen some good deep the George people. Lucas show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's. Yeah. I mean, hey, you, hey, you, you can only imagine. You are taking money out of my pocket. Send that money. <laughs> With Watto. Or you could watch the real George Lucas interviews where he talks about the sequel trilogy. It's pretty good. I wish George Lucas would just like, I just want to be a YouTuber and I was, I'll I'll review yeah. every episode of everything they do because they're not letting me do anything. But he's too nice and he loves it. No, I'd love George Lucas to review Star Trek instead. Interesting. Interesting. Real, real Interesting. quick, not 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 to divert from this very specific train of thought. Who else <laughs> thought of Star Trek? Maybe Joe. You definitely had to pick on it, pick up on it with the Imperial Admiral. Every, I'm not Imperial. I'm sorry, New Republic, like p- captain of that ship when they're greeting Balin and Shin, and like how they're addressing him. Like that didn't feel like Star Wars to me. That felt like Star Trek. I mean, he has the exact same uniform as General Maydeen. Like, it's not, it's not like that. But Star just, Trek. but Star Wars isn't about greeting a weird ship in the hangar bay, being like, "Hello, so and so, we are well, great." 
your presence. That's not Star Wars. When you're not a filthy Nemoidian, that's how you do it. You actually walk out to the ship and greet them personally. <laughs> I don't know, man. Joe, did you get a Star Trek vibe from that, or was it just me? No, it's it wasn't a Star Trek vibe. I think they were. He he just wanted to personally call him out on it. I almost got the vibe of uh, the Imperial. It, it felt a little more Imperial dressed as as New Republic. I almost felt like, uh, where are you going with this thing? Kind of cockiness to it, where uh, they don't know what the situation they're getting into. But yeah, I I, I don't like when the Star Trek kind of stuff does seep in a little bit, and it, it kind of does there. But then the lightsabers come out and end that quickly. Yeah, I, I felt like it was it was intentionally made to be similar to. Uh, is, there's a scene exactly like this, and isn't it episode one with Qui Gon Jinn and Obi Wan when they are like they they dock and then they come out and then they're greeted in a very similar way, but they and they are, aren't they asked to show their it's is they harkens back where they're like can you show yeah. your credentials and doesn't he do a Jedi mind trick on them and then they don't have to show them credentials or something along those lines? No, no, no it was way more formal than that. Yeah, they, I, I'm, I'm combining multiple world, scenes. Yeah. I think I'm combining multiple yeah. moments into one, but it in in a lot of ways I think it was designed to be like a reflection of... Well, yeah, it was meant to emulate like the Phantom Menace, but it, it just... That's the thing that makes it so interesting is that it would have been fascinating that, again, it devolves into the lightsabers in the hallway, which seems yeah. to be the Lucasfilm get out of jail free card, is that, oh, they know... The, the fans love it when there's lightsabers in the hallway. Let's just give them that and hope it just glosses over. And it's like we've seen that... Again, Vader, it was great. It was relatively groundbreaking. Luke Skywalker does it. It's great. It, it's it's the the flip side of that coin. Now we have two random dark side users doing the exact same thing to just generic fleet troopers. It's like, okay, uh, we, we've users. used that trope. Like, let's put it to bed. It's not entertaining anymore. Force users. Um, and then uh, that's not the only exact episode one scene. Like when Shin Hattie like tracks uh, – the map to Sabine it's like it's like shot for shot and sound effects exactly when like Darth Maul sends out his little probe droids oh, on yeah. Tatooine. Oh, oh yeah it's like not even it's not even subtle it's just like we're uh, just doing exactly that and we're matching the pacing of the whole scene and sound effects there's the there's the part after the fight with Ahsoka and uh and Starkiller where they're the shuttle's flying off and it's framed the exact same and like where Maul As, is jumping on the ramp of the ship too, yep. they've done it. They did it. They mirrored that kind of shot too. Yeah, yeah. it's it's like poetry. But for rhymes. Ahsoka this time, when the like, city was blowing up, right? Try to imagine telling people in like 1999, like someday we're just gonna we're gonna emulate scenes from Episode One. That's how rever- revered it's gonna be. Chris, imagine telling that somebody in 2000 that we were gonna emulate shots from the Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Holding whole beats. Yeah, it's gonna imagine be, telling you know. fans in 2015 we would be emulating shots from the Phantom Menace. I'll just say, imagine fans in 1977. They'd be like, well, "What's the Phantom Menace?" So, <laughs> Some of the stuff that they did with the droids was really cool. Like, I like the HK droids. How like when she when Ahsoka first comes out of that temple, how they're just like completely still, like statues. I <laughs> like uh, that. I thought was kind of creepy and cool. And like even when they show the two of them with um with Shin, like in that when they just show that one shot and they're just standing there, not even moving. And like there's something about the way that they're using those droids. It's very effective. And I love the voice effect. Like they made it sound like kind of Kylo Ren esque. What it's like you have to face up, you have to fight us. And she's like us, us and they're like us, us or whatever. Us. I like love I love that. the that whole was very well executed. I love the droids. They they did a good job with that. 
Now, you guys might disagree with me or agree with me on this, but I'm going to say it. I think they should have done when um, Balin and her are walking down that hallway and he's like, "Who? who's after, who captured you? Instead of her responding, it should have just smash cut to the Ahsoka title card. Yeah, Maybe that, I've been that, watching that, too much Invincible. Or even a wipe. We could have used a wipe or two <laughs> yeah. in here. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it, it would have been a nice touch instead of her telling him that. It would have been because we all, everyone knows who did it. So it would have been a nice little nod to us to have her about to answer and just Ahsoka. Yeah, it would like have. Like a Twi'lek or Torguda or something. I don't know. She's got this weird. Uh, all right. Sorry. Leku. Speaking of for. tentacles. Um, <laughs> Did anyone else notice that the other galaxy had the space whales around it, much like the wolves around the world between worlds? Yes. So, because yes. I think don't shake your where... head, Chris. This there, there's a connection there, and you're denying it. Can you imagine the the uh, the like hitchhiker biome destruction caused by Purgles going from galaxy to galaxy carrying? Uh, like you know, like zebra muscles on them on the side, and just like you know, just ruining biomes in other galaxies with their fragrant disregard for galactic borders. Hate to see it. Well, I mean, I I think it's gonna happen. I think we're gonna get. There's not the a back. lot of like Beastmaster Jedi running around out there like Ezra though. Like Ezra, the, the whole reason why they think they they did that whole thing was because Ezra was basically like commanding them to do that in the end because he had the connection with animals throughout rebels that was like okay. his particular force yeah, he leveled up creature handler very young which is yeah he they, they like made that pretty clear in in rebels that like he was like animal force user like beast master guy uh, rolled a net he was force sensitive aquaman Sim- yeah basically <laughs> basically i am land man but I think that, yeah, it, it made it interesting to see the, the pergolar there. I think that just signifies that that's where uh, where Thrawn is, I think. Like, that's the that's the galaxy that we want to go to. Maybe that's where the pergola come from initially. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I was saying, I, you know, I'm, I'm generally on board. I, I think the, I'm, the one thing I find a little incredulous is, like, Balin's, like, strong belief that Thrawn is, like, literally the key to, like, everything. I think that I think the emperor being the back burner and cloning as the backbone of all of this, that they just never want to say it's a huge part of Mandalorian. It's probably still a huge part of this because they know it all leads up to where it's going to go, which is episode nine anyway. I, yeah. You know, yeah. we got to learn more. We got to learn more about Balin and before we can really like make any real statements about that. I think we need to learn the backstory of Balin and Shin so that we can see how they are related. I think their relation to Thrawn is going to really make a big difference in well, understanding he, the motivation. I know he says he's paid well. So he's like, he's like a bounty hunter Jedi, which I think is cool. Like that's yeah. sick. I, we haven't really seen anything like that in Star Wars, like at least in the live action stuff where there's like a Jedi who gets that's paid true. to just go out and do jobs, which that I was the, cool. that was made a big point yeah, where they broke her out. Like, oh yeah, these guys, they, they get a lot to do this. Well, here's a question for Balaam. What happens to him at the end of the season? Obviously, Ray Stevenson is no longer with us. Do they write him out or does he get uh, bloated up? Does he get Carrie Fisher? Did he, does he get Stabbed Paul Walker? Does he chest. ride into the sunset? I bet they didn't change it. I think he already died. He, already, he was supposed to die in the story and he just. Yeah, they were like, whew, good thing life. we yeah. killed him off. Like, he wow. Gets- Shin is gonna Shin is gonna have to avenge his death at some like in the end of the story is what it feels like she's like that sort of character she's going to be if he dies she's gonna carry on and 
keep following out whatever mission he was on is what it feels like at least i i think he's gonna get stabbed in the exact same spot and die just so we can (laughs) argue about it for what are we going on now two hours so sabine does it and she goes no no getting up no healing i'm just gonna watch you writhe with this one yeah prove this can kill you you gotta be at the center of a massive explosion to die in star wars i think that's the new standard Unless you're, unless you're, unless you're Grogu, which you can just create a bubble around yourself and then you're good, yo. Good for you. Those H, those HK <laughs> droids and their explosion, like man, have we ever seen such an explosion in Star Wars outside of a Death Star? No, oh, that was pretty. Orbital heavy. bombardment. I guess, but like, I've never seen what five explosives go off and like wipe out that sort of like radius of like area. I saw somebody uh, I saw somebody and like like overly analyzing it and saying that they thought there was like explosive powder like all over the 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 whole area there like even the the monument that she removes the map from there's this sort of like weird like black crusty powder all around the sphere like Mm. somebody was saying that that stuff might be explosive that's the only way to really explain what you see there at the end after those uh those thermal detonators go off because it's it you know it it tracks like a few miles out from the center of that ring so it's it you know it's either incredulous or that stuff is explosive hmm i feel like they just were like like there's four three or those three of those things exploding at once so it was just like one of them would have been a pretty big explosion but since it's three of them it's going to be a real big explosion now and i think uh it, it did feel like they may have gone a little bit overboard with the 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 effects like the explosion didn't need to be that crazy i get like it gave us that like ahsoka running from the fire jumping into the ship uh moment which was kind of cool and like that's action and stuff i get it but it didn't need to be all that i don't think it's like that time george lucas made jabba's palace door even bigger in 2011 even though it was already like pretty much the biggest (laughs) door we've ever seen he's like you know what it could be like 50 percent bigger Exactly. I just want to make sure that the delivery guy, when I tell him to bring it to the front door, he knows which door it is. It's the <laughs> really big one. Yeah. All right. I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to uh to episode three. I wish it were more than thirty minutes. I like. Could you guys just pick a runtime for an episode? Never. So that I can like. I th- I feel like uh forty minutes is the sweet spot. Give me forty minutes. Without credits. Without yeah. credits, forty minutes traditional television hour yeah yeah otherwise what are we even doing here yeah you know? they, they have to have all the different language credits too it, it's annoying but no, I, I mean I that one of the secret things was sam witwer was like hidden somewhere in the credits correct what no he yeah was. he's in there as an additional voice yeah so that gives zangers that gives zangers that gives zangers yeah. theory a little bit of legs if you want he's well, hidden he's in the credits the- He's not the per- they've revealed who the person is in the it's some I can't remember who, but it's not like a named actor or anything or any well, one of that sort. Didn't Andor already kind of screw this up for for anybody who wants to see Starkiller show up? Because don't they have Starkiller's uh, armor in the background of Andor? OK, yes, but that's Starkiller's like Sith armor, which so isn't his armor, though, right? Canon either. Yeah, yeah, it's not even legends. That's how not canon that. Yeah, so it's, like, um, it's 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 like a Elseworld story. I don't think they're they're not touching him anytime soon. I really don't. They think need to. Happening. They need to touch all. They over should. Him. Should they? He's yes. game breaking. Probably not. Don't anytime. you don't have to have him that strong. 
But is he? But is he even Star Killer at that point? Yeah. Zanger, if he's no, not he's that not. strong. Ugh. Well, he's great because he's a video game. He character. could just be planet. And it's killer. hard to work him into our real world Star Wars because he, we love him because it's the greatest video game. You could throw Wookies around, dude. Cal and Kestis is coming. Cal Kestis is coming. So Joe made a good point. They they had to. He was so strong they had to make him an entire planet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that just reminded me of something too. Before we finish up, I just uh, did. You guys play the new Star Wars Survivor game? Nope. Yeah. Okay. Yes, it was good. So, do you remember the story of that game? Is a lot about nope. Aren't they creating a sort of a like a portal to go to a new world? Isn't that like yeah. the whole? It's not a galaxy though. It's just like it's like in Solo where like Kessel's like in the middle of like some nebula that'll really mess you up if you try and fly straight to it. It's more like that. But it's very similar, isn't it? Like I noticed the similarities in like it's in the same it's the same ballpark as like Chris said. Yes, it's like Kessel level, but also like Sith Wayfinder, Rise of Skywalker, Exegol level. It's like it's not outside of the galaxy. It's just very treacherous to get to it unless you have a map. I would just be surprised if these yep. stories don't somehow connect with each other. Like if we don't see Cal Kestis somehow get integrated into the story at some point, it feels like a waste of of uh, of yeah. doing all of this work to build the story for these video games. You'll see Cal. You'll see Cal years before you see Galen. Uh, yeah, a, a, like Star Killer. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, not gonna sure. happen, Singer. For sure. I want to see Gail American Andor season two. I want to see him like drag a Star Destroyer into the ground in front of Calrissian Andor's face. I want that. That's on my Star Wars bingo card. That's how (laughs) I was about to say that's how Andor dies, but that would be really stupid. We already know how Andor dies. Literally, a planet has to be destroyed. Wait, wait, right, right. Wait, wait, wait. Is the strike still going on? Can I go right for these shows? (laughs) (laughs) Now's your shot, Zanger. Go for it, quick. Well, no one's looking. We didn't bring up the fact that there's this writer strike and all this going on. Like there might not be some Star Wars media for quite some time. They're already a slog to to put out as it is with all this going on. Oof. Man, with all these fans that don't shut up about it. Might not be a bad thing to take a little break for a little while and everybody kind of catch their bearings and, and read figure out some real good stories to give us. Like at least Ahsoka's done. We're going to get all of Ahsoka. Uh, will they ever finish the Acolyte? Maybe. Maybe not. Uh, will it actually come out? Hopefully. But um, at least we have Ahsoka for now. And like if Ahsoka is good, that gives us something to kind of sit on. And maybe this break will give them a chance to come up with some dope stories for us. Rob, I feel like you're coming at Secret Invasion hard here. What do you mean? You mean I didn't? It sounds like I didn't like Secret Invasion. I mean, that that depends how you answer this next question. (laughs) Did you like Secret Invasion? Yeah, I was about to say. Uh, it was fine. It was fine. It was okay. You obviously need to rewatch it. <laughs> <laughs> it was all right. It was. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. So like, it's lukewarm to me. Uh, I'm I'm wishy washy on it. Like, I like Ahsoka way better. These first two episodes of Ahsoka, much better yeah. than I like Secret Invasion. The whole uh, show itself. So it should have stayed a secret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One fine. I want to end every Ahsoka episode with this until it ends. Oh God. Um, not the show, but oh. the Haslab Ghost Project. Chris. Oh, God dang it. Okay. Does you this so show close. as episodes one and two? We are twenty five percent of the way through the show. Does this increase or dis- decrease your need, want, desire, interest? In the Haslab Ghost, yes or no? 
mildly decreased because I think Sabine is a dingus in this show. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, but, but I don't, I don't think they're getting to what's the last tier 17,000 for Zeb. Yeah. I don't think they're getting to that. They, All they right. reached uh, Ezra levels and they threw in Lothcat. I saw that they reached those levels, right? Right after the premiere. Correct. They announced that. Yeah. They've also but, said I mean, that they get to 17,000. They will make a Sabine and chopper card carded figures they will do that all right and that ezra card back is from that mural it is on on lothal it is the mural picture it is the cartoon mural picture of ezra on the card back which i don't even know if you want to remind people maybe you do yeah i don't know that's all one right, thing I, counter I, I love the mural i love the mural i think the mural is a work of art right, i think it's well, going to have a great job on that mural i think that you're it's blasphemous the shade that all you're right. throwing on the mural right now. all right all right i'm gonna counter zach with are we going to get live action ghost? It's already in the trailer, Zinger. Yeah. It is? Yeah. yeah. Well, live action ghost there. has existed since Rogue One. You, uh, you okay, confirmed ghost. There we go. Confirmed ghost has been since Rogue One in 2016. Who has it? Where is Dude, it? Dude, they're going to do the whole, they're going to get the whole gang back together. Like, they're going to have think it. They're going to get bad. everyone, and they're oh, going to yeah, have like a. Oh, wait, are they, are they going to have a charred body for. um? For what's his no, name? No, the, the wolf. The wolf Ray is going to be in the, the wolf. Yeah. His wolf form. Him in the wolf form will be in the show. I I predict that. Freddie Wolf Jr. Freddie Wolf <laughs> Jr. Because like, I don't know it's... what they're going to. I don't know how they're going to do it, but they're going to they're going to do something <laughs> weird with the wolf. I'm sure. Just Trapper Wolf can just fill in for it. Like, <laughs> hey, he's guys, like I'm, I'm here. You know he's going to put himself wolf. in it. He exists <laughs> in this world. Okay, I guess one final question that go around the room, concerning the way they love like propping up other shows with other characters do we get din Djarin in this at all no and big whiskey yep no. maybe yep. boba as yeah. of the maybe first not. two episodes solid no for me sabine maybe ends up with din at the end i'll say that hmm. mando people all right so that's a no across the board with the exception of rob I think you're going to get yeah, this is Disney guys. Who do you think you're dealing with here? They're going to, they got to cross these things up and, you know, cross promote as much as possible. They want these people to go when they finish this Ahsoka show to go back and rewatch all of Mandalorian again. So maybe gonna one scene, you're going to see him maybe pop up scene. somewhere doing something, even if it's just at a bar or something. All right. One final, final question. How many Loth cat plushies are we all pre-ordering as we speak? <laughs> I still hate the Loth Cats, but uh, this one looks way better than the cartoon Abomination Kill It With Fire that appeared in the Cara Dune uh, introduction episode of Mandalorian. That's right. Hey. I forgot about that. It did show up in there. This one irritated my cat. It looks better than the one from the, the Ahsoka episode of Mando, too, Like that popped up a few it's times. It's better to see an inside Loth Cat, I believe, than an outside one. We see an inside one, you look. it seems like a lo-fi video. You can see of Sabine and this cat together like all right i get the vibe that's going on in her little sky tower at the end of miracle road in uh on lothal so uh practical i, I will say if observing a female watching it my wife watches it, she's like i like my wife loves cats she's like all right, i like that cat that cat's pretty cool so i do think she she even made the reference like oh is this the baby yoda of the show i was like most probably this is the cute disney marketing is really get loth cat out there I will say that ever since my Disney Galaxy's Edge trip, my biggest regret still and still is not getting that Loth Cat character from the uh, or plush. I don't even call it a plushie because like if you squeezed its like legs, it would hiss at you, which I thought is still phenomenal. 
I still regret not buying that, Chris. That's like a year and a half later, and I still regret not buying it. I'm I'm going I'm going in two weeks, so message me. Yeah. I'm oh god. Me, oh god, it's happening. <laughs> Disneyland or Disney World? World. Oh my god, it's happening, everybody. Keep out for some Ray yeah. Chachkis, please. They're <laughs> there. More practical effects in Star Wars too. Just while we're talking about it, I want to say I loved like the Henson stuff back in the day. I think that gave Star Wars the that's like a huge part of what's made Star Wars Star Wars that feeling of seeing those practical effects and the aliens and stuff so hell yeah more practical effects in Star Wars yeah that the, the derpiness of the practical loath cat face made it a lot better than the cartoon one from 100%. Mandalorian chapter 4 oh my god alright anybody any other final comments questions concerns over Ahsoka episodes 1 2 no, I think I think oh. we've covered it well. I think uh, we all worse. have a lot to look forward to. We're all kind of in, which I I do I do, which I think is uh it's good for go which series going in. We're all in, right? Yeah, I'm on board, man. I'm I'm ready to see where this takes us. Like I'm interested. They have me, they have me into it. So like, it doesn't feel like there's gonna be filler episodes in this. At least it doesn't feel like it yet. Until we get one of those, I'm gonna keep that that attitude. But this feels concise. Like the story is going somewhere, and I'm I'm ready for it. All right, so concludes this episode of Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. Check out the Facebook group where Chris was warning me that we might get our page deleted because the word Star Wars is apparently being purged from different what pages, groups. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're a if you're like a vintage Star Wars collector, you probably you would have noticed this week you'd be getting bombarded with notifications about group names changing. The group there's names a, changed there's a fear. The last couple days, yes. Yeah, great fear has taken over the Facebook Star Wars collecting community about having Star Wars in their group names. I, it might all be about nothing, but uh, we haven't we haven't found out yet. And it should be noted that uh, Knights of Vader has never had the word Star Wars in the group title. So uh, <laughs> bullet dodged, everybody. Boom. All right. Find us on Instagram at KOV Podcast. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or Spotify, whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on. The rate and review definitely help us grow our audience. Thank you to An Inspiriority Complex for fighting our theme song. Check out the show notes to hear more from them. For questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, contact me, Zach, on Twitter at Cinemodities or Instagram at Rogue Knight. And when I am not on this podcast voicing my misguided opinions on Star Wars, Chris, when you're not buying me a Lothcat in two weeks, where can people find you? You can find me at the Chris Porteous on Instagram and go ahead and follow Knights of Vader on Instagram because when we don't have new episodes, that is my outlet for Star Wars memes that I don't feel socially appropriate on other Instagram pages. Indeed. We're also Chris will be posting his current screenshot of the voluptuous shock T statue next to his face. <laughs> Zenger, when you are not weirdly angling a star killer action figure at the camera while we just see your forehead throughout the two hour recording. What's going on in your world? Oh, Zingness, we are rapidly approaching us finishing up the Castlevania Netflix series in preparation for the Scott Pilgrim Netflix series. Cause I'm excited about that. And when you're not prepping the five-year Crimes of Grindelwald episode, right, Zanger? Oh, yeah, all the time. Right, that, Zanger? That in 2018 Zingies. Always. Yes, that in 2018 Zangies. I'm glad we're all on the same page about this. Always getting pushed back another week. Both episodes. 
Joe, when you are not being Joe, what are you up to? I'm running out of cute things to say, everybody. I'm I'm mentally exhausted. It's late. It's late. No, uh, Wheel of Convo should be coming back hopefully soon. Uh, Corey's coming back from vacation, so we'll be getting some more episodes out there. Uh, New wheels on the the horizon, so we're going to be doing a – in an episode where we construct with the new wheel. So hopefully that would be nice. So if anyone wants to contribute to it, wheel a convo at Facebook, put a comment in there. If we like it, we'll put it on the wheel. All right. Rob and Russ, thank you for joining us. When for both of you, whether it be unbelievers or your own independent ventures, Russ, what is going on next? Oh, just just everyone check out Unbelievers podcast. We're still at it. We're doing it. We're killing it as always. Go subscribe on YouTube. Go follow the show. What about you, Rob? You got other stuff to plug too besides Unbelievers. Yeah, uh, I you know if if anybody wants to hear me talk about Star Wars stuff, I did make a podcast for a little while called Baby Yoda's Escape Pod, which I will be rebranding soon uh, to something different and keeping that channel. Uh, but you can go back and listen to those. I think I'll probably be putting something out uh, soon and then trying to catch up on. Uh, on covering some Star Wars content on that same channel. So if you follow Baby O's Escape Pod, you'll see uh, you'll see my stuff there. And then Instagram at Rob Oki. Um, and, and that's about it. Thank you for having me on this. This was fun. I love like I've been holding this stuff in since I watched this episode the other night. So it was nice to just get it out. Yeah, <laughs> talking to Rob last night, we recorded a new Unbelievers, and we I, just that getting wanting to talk about Ahsoka. I was like, please, I, I'm going on Nights of Vader. I'll just come on. You got to come on. Like this would be great. Yeah, so so, I appreciate you guys having me to talk about this stuff. Yeah, thanks fun. for having me back. Like I, it's been a little a little while, but I'm back. I'm loving it. I, I'm I'm excited for we got a whole show, and we not not get anything for a while. So. Yes, thank you for having me back, guys. Alrighty, guys. Good night, but not goodbye. And as always, may the force be with you. Remember Alderaan! Down with the Empire!